Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Fiddler is a punk band that formed in Los Angeles, California in 2009. Comprised of singers and guitarists Zach Carper and Elvis Keen, bassist and singer Brandon Schwartzel, and drummer Max Keen, Fiddler have earned a large worldwide following in underground music and have put out three acclaimed albums. Their latest is called Almost Free and was released on January 25, 2019 via the labels Mom and Pop, Liberator, and Dynalone. I recently met up with Fiddler at the Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto to have a good talk about their band, how it's become associated with drugs, drinking, and sobriety, SoundCloud rap and Patti Smith, music journalism, the sound and intent of their new album Almost Free, and much, much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash Control. Plus, in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 455th episode of Creative Control, featuring Elvis, Zach, Max, and Brandon of Fiddler, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi guys, how's it going? Good. Hi. Doing well. Hello. Very, very good. <laughs> oh, Max. Poor Max is in quarantine over there. He's <laughs> in quarantine. <laughs> Keep it zipped up, buddy. We have one sick member of Fiddler. C- hey, nice Canada to Canada quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just for the people listening, uh, it helps if you can individually introduce uh, yourself. So why don't we start over here? This is Brandon. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Good. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, welcome to Canada. You're not from Canada, right? No. Where are you from? San Diego, Oh, California. San Diego. That's a nice... Originally. 
It's a nice place. One of some one of my favorite bands is from San Diego. Is it Drive Like Jay? It is. Did you know that? How did I don't know. I get the I get <laughs> the not vibe. Many guesses. Yeah, there's all, there's like three you options. Got the Drive Like Jay. You got Mark Trombino's uniform yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> I like donuts. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Drive Like Jay. I like hot I did too. Yeah. So did you? Did you ever see them? I saw them. We actually saw them not that long ago in Chicago. They were playing Riot Fest and oh, did yeah. like an after show. And then I saw him in San Diego when I was younger, and then also not that long ago, like oh, a few man. years ago. Uh, younger, like, what, did you see them when they were kind of a going? Thing? Kind of. It was like my brothers used to play in bands, so like oh, their man. third I, reunion. I, I was like ten or something. Like I didn't Holy really understand Lord. it yet. Wait, well, how? What year were you? Was it when you were ten? Uh, it was ninety six. Okay. Then they played. I thought they were kind of done. I by think then. so. Okay. All right. That's amazing. Well, that's yeah. cool. Maybe it was Hot Snakes or like yeah, the yeah, Obits yeah. or lying. a different version. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Mean, that wasn't fact checking. I just, I just was like, oh, that's a, that's amazing that you might have saw them the while they were still bands. going. Well, anyway, yeah. it's nice to have you on the show. And, and and you, sir. Hi, I'm Zach. Hi, Zach. How's it going? Great, Vish. 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 Yeah, I get it. It gets mispronounced all the time. How do you spell that? Uh, well, it's short for Vishal or Vishal. Vishal. Yeah, so V I S H A L. Big. Yeah. Big. What's that your? Like do a... you have? Do you have like an ethnic origin that you want to share? Because I'm Indian. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, the no, fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not from. Where are you from exactly? Well, I'm American. You're not from Vish, you're American. Okay, yeah. No. no, I'm I'm Indian, but I live in Canada. No, I'm I'm uh, from Hawaii. You're from Hawaii. Half Japanese. I, I read that Hawaii. and I it came out all wrong. Because I, like, I was like, you're not from. Wait a minute, Hawaii is part of America. That didn't make any sense. I just it became off. America in 1961. Oh, really? So that's pretty weird that it's like that late. I didn't know? realize it was that late. Was it because of Elvis? Not you. Yeah. Because <laughs> Elvis used to Elvis. go over there and do all those movies. He was, yeah, the, he was the chief ambassador to Hawaii <laughs> the, in those days. He was. I, I associated <laughs> Elvis with. What's that? It was, Max it was from becoming, quarantine. It was like. <laughs> I, I think it became ordained like as a state. In like a, there's a base. Like yeah, yeah. A territory. Oh, okay. a territory. A territory. There you go. A territory. Did, this was not my intention, by the way. I didn't mean to do a geography lesson. See, the thing about Pearl Harbor <laughs> is, is that you know I misspoke <laughs> and it came out all wrong. This happens to me sometimes. But That's anyway, funny. it's nice to have you here. Thanks, Vish. Yeah, and you, sir. Hi, I'm Elvis. We were just talking about you. I know. Like a second ago. It's trip. In your nice. relationship Segway. to Hawaii. I know. Elvis, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Where are you from? Where are you from originally? Uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> You're from LA. Yes, born and raised. How's that? It was. It's nice. Was it okay? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard things about Los Angeles. No, it's, a, it's a great city. There's um, uh, earthquakes. There are yeah. devastating forest fires. Uh, yeah, well, there there were really bad fires uh, recently. Um, I think we were. I was like four years old when the last really big earthquake happened in LA. Eighty nine. Uh, or ninety four. Oh, was that one, Northridge. Right, right. right. Um, so there hasn't been one since then, so that means there's probably one coming pretty soon. Well, it's bleak, uh, bleak conversation to have with you, Elvis. That was weird. You're already foretelling doom in Los Angeles. I didn't realize. Yeah, that and my building thing. is from the 20s that I live in, and I'm in the bottom unit. So I think I'll probably get trampled and die if there if there is one. So okay. Living on the bottom unit or the top unit is worse. What's worse? But doesn't it? Well, I don't know how it works. Who are you? You didn't even get introduced. Yeah, sorry. We got to go. Well, Elvis, <laughs> it's, it's nice to meet you. Want to introduce yeah, your brother? Here, here's Max. You Just get, don't no, you lick could, the mic. It's okay. Don't, don't lick, lick the it. Mic. You're sick. What are you sick with, Max? First I have of all? strep throat. Oh, man. That's not good. I had, nemo- <laughs> I had, I had pneumonia uh, a few weeks ago. Walking good. pneumonia, they said. So I was totally functional. Yeah. And you're doing the same thing, right? You're sick, but you're playing. And you're the drummer. That's the worst. I had like a sore throat a couple days ago, and... 
I thought it would just go away, and then I woke up this morning with it kind of hurting, and so I went to a walk-in clinic with your awesome Canadian healthcare, mm-hmm. and got in, got out, got antibiotics. I already feel way better. Oh, good. Yeah, well, you got antibiotics. Yeah. Okay, so they're taking it seriously. Well, yeah. And you grew up with your brother, I presume, in Los yes, Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I was, was good. Th- I was three uh, when the last earthquake hit. Um, Ninety-four. It was. That's what we just established. <laughs> we just established that ninety four. That's correct. Yep. Yep. Any memories? Do you have sense memories of the earthquake? Either of you? Uh, I kind of remember like sitting on our parents' bed and feeling like the room was spinning. Right. Anyway, it's nice to have you all here. You've been in Toronto. I feel like just like a couple of months ago, wasn't it? You were it was here like a month yeah. ago. September. September. It was a sold out show. I had someone in. I'm from Guelph, Ontario. I don't live in Toronto. Mm. And someone was pestering me to get into your show because they think I'm connected there. I'm not. I'm not connected. But they think I'm so well, connected. And I could. Was he also Indian? <laughs> no, oh, man. no, no. It was a woman, and she's not. And uh, no. And anyway, a lot of mania for you here in Toronto. It seems like is this a favorite stop for you guys, Brandon? I think so. I mean, we've always had good shows here. That's, I don't know. Yeah, does, it, does it stick everyone's out? Everyone's a maniac here, so it's in just, Toronto. Yeah, a maniac. I mean, the mania, like you were speaking. Oh, oh, I see. Just <laughs> foaming at the mouth and you know, barging through doors and throwing feces and everything. I'm not it's crazy. Heard this? It's crazy. I, I've come to shows in Toronto before. I've Have never, you come to a fiddler? No, show I've before? never come to a fiddler yeah, show a in Toronto. Is it really? Foam. It's like a Gigi yeah. Allen thing going on. And not by us. It's more oh, just by the audience. There were a couple crazy shows. The horseshoe? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Well, there's that, that one venue. we did during Canadian music. We, it wasn't at oh. the horseshoe, but the kid like jumped off the balcony into the crowd. Remember that? Yeah, and the, the great, kid... Great Hall or something? Yeah, great, great Hall. Hall. Yeah, that was it. And the kid jumped on stage and pulled down his pants. And oh, yeah. <laughs> stage dope. Yeah. The same and kid? everybody yeah. moved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my there God. The Canadians one... really like pulling your clothes off. Yeah, just... <laughs> Not me. I like to stay bundled. I, I don't yeah. really like to show off. Keep it covered. Yeah, I don't... You see me. I can't... I'm not going to pull it up. Well, that's... Do you have any... Does that happen anywhere else, Zach? Like, do you, do you get crazed fans doing stuff like that? Or does, does this memory sticks out for being a Canadian thing? Nudity and jumping? I think Canada's always had pretty wild shows for some reason. I think you guys have a lot of pent-up... <laughs> Pent up energy up of, here, you know. Pent up angst that needs what? to get. You guys are all backed up. You guys need to what? masturbate more I or something. I, you know I what don't mean? think that's true. We, I, you guys I, are so <laughs> repressed. Are we? <laughs> I thought we were fun loving and well, I think free it's, with our it's masturbation. All, it's all of, on the outside, you know. You're all polite on the outside. Right. And there's just this mm-hmm. volcano boiling yeah. below. There's a line on your new record. I don't know who's responsible for it. I assume perhaps Zach or Elvis about wanting to move to Canada. Who's responsible for that line? Oh, that. That was that was me. That was you. Yeah. <laughs> How serious is that? Well, it was just kind of a funny thing because it was during like the election time. Oh, I see. Uh, in America, and everybody's like, "If Donald Trump gets elected president, like I'm moving to Canada. Fuck it, moving to Canada." Yeah. Da, da, da. It's like no, nobody did. Nobody did. <laughs> Do you think nobody did? I bet some. I bet some people it. did, but sure, none yeah. of the yeah. people that we've talked to that did. I heard that uh, naked stage diver was American that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Probably was. Yeah. No, uh, you are covering more. This is okay. This is a thing that happened with your band, and I wonder what it must be like to be in it. I think you got turned into cartoons. And now everyone's with your new record, which is wonderful, by the way. I've, I've been enjoying it. People are like, oh, they've matured. Yeah, and right. I find, I imagine, and we're just starting the press cycle for this thing. Is that 
annoying to you that people had pigeonholed you as these party rockers, uh, Elvis, and now you're socially conscious because you're talking about things like politics on your record? Um, yeah, I guess it is. A, it's a little annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little annoying. It, it is. It is kind of annoying. Yeah, because I mean, I think in some ways, I guess we have matured just because we are older, you know. Sure. Um, and you mature, but I don't. I don't think that means that all of our music before now was immature. So yeah, so it is kind of a weird statement. It seems to me that you've, since since you started, you've been talking about um, personal things that are, you know, they're deep. They're deeply uh, revealing yeah. things. They don't seem like, I mean, there is the fun stuff, but even the fun stuff has a dark side, I find. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And the new record seems to really be wrestling with that, the notion of being sober. Is this mostly coming from you, Zach? I'm definitely not sober anymore. You're not at all. <laughs> not at all. And why is that exactly? Uh, because <laughs> life happens and right. you get sober and then you're not sober. And I'm learning self-control, which is pretty difficult. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's also at the same time, it's like we're growing up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just wow. Brandon's getting married. Getting married. Yeah. Getting married. Congratulations. Yeah, it's like we're, we've all grown up. We were just talking about this earlier. It was like Max was 18 when we started the band. You know what I mean? Right. And now he's 19. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a natural. He was born in a leap year. So, it's, you know. <laughs> so I mean, he's externally, <laughs> people, I think what it is also is you guys make records which are frozen things and people That's associate true. you with that frozen thing. Uh, the young punky like I mean we've already established that I think there was deeper stuff going on on these earlier records like do, would you agree with that like do you think Zach that there's lots more going on than people give you credit for I don't yeah maybe <laughs> like does it matter I to think you? I think the whole thing is we re we write songs on the reflection of what's going on in our life and when you know Max is 18 years old and you know playing drums in Fiddler like he's probably gonna do cocaine a lot you know <laughs> Is that so, is, is that really a <laughs> <laughs> So that's like we we grew up and decided Was there a fair amount of cocaine in your life? Oh, there was a lot, a lot. So much, amount. so much. Mounds. Max was a real like real like fiend for the booger sugar. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Like less than 10 times probably. Less than ten. Every time I went through his jackets, it's just he was a little baggy. Every, he was every packing time. beak from about eighteen to twenty-one, full really? on. Where does that come from? Where where did you get the impulse to do a lot of cocaine when you were eighteen, Max? I did not do that much cocaine. I promise you. I actually probably did it less than ten. He was times. hanging out on the fuckboy circuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I mean, <laughs> that's the other side of it. Like for some people, this kind of stuff can be cliche. The drugs and the partying and the rock and roll. Were you worried about that at all? Like being thought of as a joke at all? Like, did that matter to you? It didn't even cross our mind. It really didn't. And, you know, it's honestly like we're to blame too here because we have a song called Cocaine and yes. Treat Beer and Wake Bake Skate, you know? So it's like, we. I, I get it. I get why people label us like that, you yeah. know? But we are evolving and we are growing. And I think this is a part of it. But Would the funny thing is we don't actually party as much as people perceive us to, you know? Like it's not, it's, it's most people, I think a lot of times we encounter people that think that it's just a full on party all the time, you know? I'm eating almonds and drinking Pellegrino. That's what I would be eating and drinking. I'm a dad. That's the kind of stuff I have to eat and drink. That's my, that's a treat for me. Yeah. That was my, that would be that a big Max. night out. 
Max, yeah, he the almonds and the Pellegrino. So, in terms of what's going on in this record, stuff you want to talk about, like, do you what what do you what are some of the themes that you feel have come up? Like, you've had this record was done when again? It was supposed to be out like a while ago. It was supposed to be out in September. We 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 right. had it finished in uh, August. Oh, it took us about a year to make. Okay, so it's not you that know? long ago. I just not thought maybe you were sitting on this thing and wondering about this thing, you know, no. pondering the thing. It's it's pretty fresh still. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, I've been listening to it from your perspective, Elvis. Like, what are some things about it thematically that surprised you in terms of maybe exhibiting maturity, um, maybe even reflecting upon the way... I feel I hear a lot of reflecting on past behavior, but it sounds like some of that behavior is back. <laughs> if that's fair to say. Like I viewed yeah. alcohol, like a song like alcohol is one of longing for alcohol me, from a sober perspective. You know, that's, that was my take on it. Well, that <laughs> funny that you say that because a lot of those lyrics were written. Like I had them written down from like before, like some of them and some of them were, were just made up on the spot. But, uh, um, I was at like an AA meeting. And everybody That's was, when you wrote that? Yeah, that was what everybody was talking about. Shouldn't you have been paying attention to the meeting? Well, I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> and everybody was talking about drinking alcohol. And I was just like, fuck, I just really want to drink alcohol right. now. So Right. And there's a... Are you aware of the supercut of you talking about how rehab sucks on YouTube? There's a supercut? Yeah, there's like a supercut. Like cut. somebody that... Like, just uh, took every instance of you on stage saying oh, that rehab that. sucks. That's and hilarious. <laughs> I love the internet, man. <laughs> Sorry, back, love it. I didn't mean to cut I to. Uh, I didn't mean to cut to Zach there. Uh, Zach, uh, uh, Elvis, from your perspective, what are some things you're covering on this record that maybe surprise you um, from your, you know, from where you were at to where you are now? Huh. Well, there's <laughs> there's the musical stuff, of course. Yeah, there's yeah. Some real I'm, departures here. We'll talk about the production when we when we can in a moment. But no, I just mean lyrics. I'm a lyrics person, right? Okay. Uh, so that's why I ask about lyrics. Yeah, I guess. There's not something in particular that surprised me, I guess. I feel like in in the same way that we kind of always have, we just try to, you know, try to write about things pretty honestly, you know, and come from experiences. And I feel like that for me personally, I guess it's more, it was maybe, yeah, trying to be a little more vulnerable or something with, with lyrics hmm. because, you know, some, I think in the earlier days for me, I would like, you know, you kind of hide behind like burying the vocals a little bit more and distorting them and stuff. And then now, you know, on this record, like you can hear, you can kind of hear what we're saying a little more clearly. It's not as buried. So I think that that's like, to me, that sort of symbolizes like putting ourselves out there a little more, like in a way that's not as not trying to hide behind, behind the, what we're saying, I guess. Yeah. That's fair. Brandon, from your perspective, like, do you feel like the band has shifted in that the way that Elvis is describing? Does it feel different? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It seems like it's just in a different spot and like everything and the way like we've all matured as people growing older, it's like musically, lyrically, songwriting wise feels like it's all like matured with it. Even if the like context is sometimes the same of like, oh, we're talking about partying or like drinking or whatever. It's like kind of in a different light of like, it's that's what it seems like to me it's like talking about drinking as someone who's been in a band where that's been a thing for a long time yeah and like what that means now as like 30 year olds or like you know late 20 year olds like in a band that 
get the opportunity or get like that put on us a lot of like, oh, yeah. slacker party band, they're right. always raging, da 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 da. And now right. it's like, what does that mean now? Well, it's interesting that a few of you have all mentioned maturity, which indicates sort of time. That time has been a huge factor in shifting the sensibility of the band. So when I when I went to you there, Brandon, I was also wondering if you thought there was anything else. Like if it's not simply that you're evolving as people and becoming adults pretty soon, you're going to be old, older like me. You're going to be like super old guys. This is what it's like. <laughs> this is what like it's me. like. Are you yeah, uh, like, 40? I am, yeah. Oh. 41 on Saturday. Oh, well, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. I checked my, checked my <laughs> Iron Man 41 watch. 41 in it's about... Timex Iron Man watch. 89 hours. Yeah. I was even going to... I was going to say... How 30, did you guess that? I was going to say 39, and then I was looking at your hair. Uh-huh. And... God. No, I, this is fine. No, I'm here. Thought, we're, thought, we're looking at each... At least he's looking at me. I went for... Yeah. <laughs> I was going... <laughs> sorry, no. Well, you're sick. I don't. I'm sorry. You're micless and sick. No one can hear anything you're saying. I uh, you're out there. I mean, the people there, listening. Dude. No, I. All I'm getting at is, uh, yeah, the time is a force and it changes you, obviously. But also within that experience, like you're also ex- as you get older, you just experience more things, and that changes you too. So I'm curious, particularly Zach. You're saying you've kind of gone. I think it's fair to say back and forth between sobriety and. Yeah, and whatever you want to call it now, unsobriety, <laughs> unsobriety. Yeah. So, have those has that experience altered the course of the band in any way, or, or have any experiences beyond just time uh, that you can point to? Yeah, I think. Well, with that in particular, is like the way I look at that is like for some reason. I, I mean, I think because where I ended up, uh, my like end of drugs was like heroin, and it was basically like I was told everywhere I went rehab or meetings or friends or something it's like no you need to like stop everything um, and I did for like three and a half years almost four years yeah the song by myself you talk about how people think you need right. professional help all the time yeah and you're and laughing at it totally yeah and that's was like now that I have some distance away from that drug in particular and just drugs in general to be honest like I have a different relationship with it. And, and the same goes with alcohol. Same goes with friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a- anything, like the older you get, the less friends you have. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird balance that happens in life, you know? And by the time you get fucking 60 or 70, you know, you might have friends, but you usually just hang out with like one or two people the yeah. entire time. You have close you know? friends, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but when you're 20, you have all kinds of friends, you know, like you're just kind some of, of them uh, are good and some of them, some are of bad them are, and, yeah, yeah, good and bad, you know? So yeah, it's just kind of, you're right. It's like time. It is time, but it's experiences. Yeah. It's well. experience. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot that happens in that time. I, it's, yes, <laughs> you know exactly. what I that's mean? What, like, I'm, I'm, that's, that's the subtext. It's of not just I'm like, saying. Oh, it's been two years <laughs> and we haven't been doing anything. Right. And now just it's been in something stasis? different. It's like, there's been, you know, international touring as like a, for Zach being sober, from not being sober and like working through that as a band and then getting, you know, making another record and like there's tons of stuff that well, happens. How does, how does that, that stuff like, you know, Max doing cocaine since he was 18 <laughs> and that's and still a huge yeah, issue. Excessive amounts of cocaine. <laughs> exactly. contentment for that. Well, for those of you who don't do heroin or cocaine, and I've never said that on the show ever, <laughs> how does that stuff, how did that stuff uh, impact you? in terms of being in a band with someone who is going through these, I'll call them struggles. They might call them good times, 
But uh, like, how did that impact those of you who weren't engaging? And, and who among you weren't? We know about Max. I know about Zach. <laughs> Were you the rest of you also close to... Uh, no As comment. close to drugs, <laughs> right? Well, I'm just curious. Like, I mean, were uh, you all in it together or not? No, it wasn't. No, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't a Johnny Thunder's thing, you know. It was just me. Yeah. Zach, Zach well, was. I mean, yeah, it was. It was. That was a. Yeah, it was a hard time for us. Like, it was just a. You know, we went through kind of a rough patch of like figuring that out and how to like you know kind of just like rebuild our relationship as a band during that time. So. I mean, my understanding is Zach and Elvis, you were the, the kind of, you were the friends in this band first, right? You became friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we met at a recording studio and became right. friends and then started jamming. And then, so in terms of your friendship with Zach, Elvis, like, do you, this is deep. Well, what, how, this what? is deep. Is it too deep? No, this is good. Oh, well, I'm just curious. Like, what do you do when you see your friend going through something like this where, you know, that there's danger imminent like there's this is a problem beyond being in a band and trying to work together your friend is you know this is a serious drug these are serious drugs we're talking about totally, yeah no it's it's really scary like and that was the hard part is not knowing you know what i mean like like not knowing whether uh he was on it or not like that was that was the that was kind of the struggle like for me i guess it was like we didn't know because there, there were moments where it was like you know it seemed like that was that time was done and then and then yeah it's like it's it's just you know we you know me and max grew up around you know our dad is a musician too so we so yeah. were like friends of theirs that had od'd and died so yeah it's it's scary it's definitely scary it's like a hard place to live in of like being worried because you don't want anything to happen to that, your friend yeah I, I appreciate that we should for context for people listening what band was your dad in again true sounds of liberty that's pretty heavy like that's a big punk band right i mean that's that's a big deal were, you also were, an acronym it's also, yeah. also, also an acronym, acronym. Yeah. right? That's right. Just like, is that on purpose? Did not you? as good. Uh, not, <laughs> not as good as fuck it, dog, life's a risk, but you know, we'll let them actually, slide. I think they saw it. I think it was actually from a church. True Funny. Yeah, they oh. saw I think Ron Emery, the guitar player, saw it on like a like some church in Orange County that said true true sounds of liberty on the marquee or something. And, and then they just took it. They took it from that. So you were immersed. Like, what was that like growing up in a in a house where your dad's in a, you know, successful band? Um, it's, it was cool because he was, he's still a musician, you know, and for a living. So he, he's very supportive of us doing music and kind of, um, you know, gave us instruments very early on and was kind of, uh, both my parents were just really supportive of that. You know, it wasn't a thing where it was like, which was more Brandon's experience, which was like, like, you know. You were like rebelling, pa- like parent. Well, like parents. <laughs> your brand is like what the fuck? Well, no, I'm saying like his parents weren't like necessarily supportive of him being in a band. Whereas my dad was like, "Oh, you guys should totally be in a band." That's that's Brandon. What what the fuck is wrong with your parents, man? Well, I mean, they're just they would rather me do something else. Sure. Or at the time, you know, at the time when it's like they're like, "Well, what you're dropping out of college and gonna go." play music and like what are you gonna do you know like i think that's a somewhat normal experience that a lot of people have with their parents yeah Yeah, i think like max and elvis had like a cool parents and that they supported them musically but like it happened to my brothers or my most people i know that played music were like all right i'm out of here i'm gonna go like follow my dreams it it works out or it doesn't yeah could have gone either way though because your father would have had experiences and that may have wanted right true he might have said you know what stay out of this like yeah. don't well, go into the family he, business it's not it's not for you he did actually <laughs> it's funny because I, I have a specific memory of him being like like just you know 
keep rock and roll as plan B, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you would still like do music, but it's like, but just like, you know, rock and roll is like, like keep that as your backup. It's a one in a million. Well, I guess do what he does because he does music for commercials. Probably not now. doing cocaine when you're 18. <laughs> that's probably not his probably plan. Probably not a. that. Yeah, but it's funny that, that I remember him saying. <laughs> I remember him saying that specifically because he does music for commercials now. It's kind of like yeah. he, you know, he still plays in TSOL, but that's not paying the bills, right? You know, you are um, in a situation where you're, it's, your band, your band is pretty big. It's paying bills at the yeah. Paying bills. We're, we're able to make a living. He's paying a few, he's paying a few like bills. Maybe a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Two to three bills max. It's a tenuous time in, in culture. I mean, this record, I, I I hear songs about sort of social media and how people are interacting with the world. And uh, every musician I've had on this show in the last couple of years has been like, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, I'm probably, I'm and all tears, high tears, low tears. Everyone's like, yeah, it's crazy how music is consumed and how undervalued it is. Do you have perspectives on that at all, Zach? Like, does, does, do you? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Worry there's a ceiling to what you're doing? Too deep? No, (laughs) not too deep. Uh, I don't, I think the ceiling is wherever we put it you know what i mean okay yes there is less rock bands that's just like rock and roll music is just it's slowly slowly getting less and less you know what i mean that's just the facts you know or the data is that that's the data but the metrics the metrics the analytics i try to use a modern term um but uh it also has opened up the way for kids to make music in such a cool way and in such a low overhead way you know what i mean they can literally make their records on their phone. You've you know been what I mean? you've been getting kind of obsessed with SoundCloud rap. I heard. I have. Been, yeah. This notion of people just putting literally recording on their computers. It's amazing. It's yeah. that that to me is punk rock. That's that's punk. You know, it's like it's just it's. I wish I had that when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like I didn't quite have that. You know, we, we in Hawaii. Everything's a little. Ten Is that where you're behind. from? Yeah. I didn't know you were from Hawaii. I, yeah. I hadn't covered that yet. No, I, that's it's true. It's it's it, that was just a little callback. <laughs> Cokehead got it anyway. <laughs> just kidding. Crackhead over there. Terrible, terrible. He seems like such a nice guy, and I'm we're I don't calling, know this guy at all. We're I'm, calling the sickness strep throat, but really it's he's yeah, he's yeah. hungover. Yeah, it's like the he's, spider he's, bite. You know, it's like oh yeah. man, he can't. He's yeah. they they can't play. They had a spider bite. It's like eh, you didn't sure. have a lot of people to play with in Hawaii for one thing. Is nostrils. that well? There's that, and also just like I mean, we didn't have the internet until way later. 
Is that right? You know, yeah. compared to like when these guys had the internet, you know? And that, um, did the internet change how you approach music? or, or? I think it changed the way we all did. Yeah. Consumer I mean, the, totally, fa- the fact totally. that you could like put like MySpace or something, you could just yeah. put a song up. And even then, it's like you could download some program on your computer and make us and it wasn't that good and it's not like where it is now where you could you know like obviously the quality has gone way up from like aol to fucking whatever it is now but, but you know what i mean of like corporate shout outs here that was amazing no but i'm saying like yeah, you yeah, could yeah. post yeah. something on myspace and share it with your friends and they could listen to your music right then they you wouldn't have to like go to a studio and record yeah or go and get your song on like a the radio or in a record store. Yeah, yeah, MySpace was huge. That was the first thing I think all of us used with musical projects, just like posting. Are any of them, are those songs, pages so. still up? Uh, they are actually. Them. No, I've, they are I've, up, but you I've found a couple. Yeah, for some reason they ago. are up, but like for some reason you can't play the audio. Oh, oh. weird. Yeah, it's yeah, a weird thing. Maybe I haven't changed. checked in a while, but it seems like they be. reformatted their whole system and then it didn't work and they're like, fuck it. And yeah. Just left it. <laughs> you know, it like, sucks because that was the coolest part about it is having, is yeah. just finding those old pages. Yeah. With music. Well, that's basically why we changed. Originally, our name was Fuck the Clock. I was going to ask about this. Like, I, I wanted to call a band that once. Fuck the Clock? Really? Yeah, because yeah, Patty Smith, Patty Smith. Patty yeah. Smith had a t-shirt that said, oh, is that where you got it from? Yeah. yeah. I really like that as an idea, Fuck the Clock. I, I abide by that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm not keeping time. Of, uh, how long have we been talking? Is it too long? I don't understand. No, I don't no. know. No, yeah, I, that's that's weird that we all saw the same shirt on some yeah, level. Yeah. I mean, she's not a small artist, but does she mean something to you other than, like, are you fans of Patty yeah. Smith? Oh, yeah. huge Patty, Yeah, yeah. Huge yeah. Fan. I love Patty Smith. One of we took the bus to go see Patty Smith yeah. here. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. I've I've only seen I've interviewed her once. Oh, very cool. She was so sweet. We uh, the stupid record label people said, "All right, you got ten minutes on the phone," and I needed more than ten minutes for yeah. the thing I was doing. And she liked my questions so much. She said, "I like what you're asking me. Like no one else has asked me these things." And I'm not. This is not a brag. I just. I find this a lot actually. Music journalists are not good. They're terrible. Yeah. Horrible. Is this going okay? So you're, far? you're doing. Oh, this is fish. Well. You are yeah. killing it. <laughs> Anyway, she said, I'll call you back. I'll, I went, They've got me doing all this stuff. I'm going to call you back later tonight. And she called me back, gave me an hour. That's awesome. Cool. Wow. She's such a sweet person on yeah. that level. But anyway, we should talk about the production on this record because I think some people have noticed, though those who have heard the songs already, that it's a bit of a departure. You worked with someone you've never worked with before. Is that correct, Elvis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, who is it? Uh, Ricky Reed. Ricky Reed. And he, yeah. he has more of a pop pedigree? Yeah, pop and hip hop and uh, tons of tons of different stuff. But um, and he comes from playing in rock bands, so, and he actually worked. It, yeah, we have a lot of weird it's connections. Weird. Yeah, he, he oh, worked really? at this yeah. play. The first the first label that put out put out our music was White Iris, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a seven inch, and they were a company that was also connected to a music house called Black Iris. So they would do music for commercials. Oh, okay. And Ricky Reed like started in L.A. doing demos at black iris for commercials and that was something that me and zach were doing also oh. with black iris we were doing commercial demos because they you know white iris put out our records and we did these commercial demos so anyway he he knew about us like back then when we started yeah and then zach became friends with him and uh he wanted to work with us and it yeah it went really well it was a it was a really good experience and, and i mean this was so this is this sounds very organic it wasn't like hey we should get a person who can make us sound clean and make our vocals sound cleaner and and all those sorts of things yeah it's it's a weird thing picking a producer you know what i mean and like also i mean you make other people's records yeah you are there's a how many producers are in this band right now i mean 
mean, I mean, we all. I've produce. never produced anything. <laughs> Nothing. You've not produced only one my thing? own stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, you have. I the, mean, we've all done a little production, but Zach has done like the most. Right. Records. Exactly. So, I yeah. mean, on some level, you could potentially make a Fiddler record. I definitely don't not ever want to do that. But ever I, in my I entire assume, life. I assume it would be difficult to be objective about your own work and your I own think, band's work. I think it's super rad when bands do that. Some bands do that. You know what I mean? And I think that's great. You know, um, I think there's just a lot you can learn from not doing that. You know, another perspective is yeah. always helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, yeah. we basically did the first record ourselves. I mean, Zach did most of the production and engineering and we, I think that was more of an organic, uh, sort of trajectory for us where it was like, you know, we'll just make the, Still going. We'll just, <laughs> what, what if we, what if we did, weren't having a good time? No. <laughs> a minder just came by we're to be just, like, "Is everyone alive? Is everyone okay?" We're, we're all just crying. <laughs> Max is doing cocaine. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh, anyway, no, that was like a, it was for the first record. We just had to do it ourselves. It was kind of like nobody you know, else. We're would. not going to go. Yeah, we're not going to yeah. go into it. Yeah, we're not going to spend. Yeah, we got a record advance and spent it on a van, which is totally practical. Yeah, and then People made the spend, record in yeah. Zach and Brandon's place. So, so that was out of necessity, and then it was kind of more natural for us to, you know, just keep building up the band. And then when the second record came around, we decided to try, you know, adding a fifth person. You do learn about yourselves as a band when you make something completely by yourselves, yeah. more than like someone telling you what to do. I and like touring also builds chemistry character these kinds of things i assume it was probably for the best that you made at least one record totally by yourself yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it made me go crazy yeah. i was doing a lot of meth <laughs> at that time i i didn't i you know we're trying i think i feel like i already alluded to the fact that some people view the band as kind of cartoon characters party animals i didn't want to dwell too much on the drug stuff but zach you've mentioned by name several drugs now <laughs> and so i'm just curious uh, about what got you into drugs? I don't know if this is too personal, a TMI or whatever. I but I, I'm just curious. You, that's a the impulse that some people have. I I don't do any drugs. I've never yeah. done any except for the prescription drugs. And I had pneumonia. I had the antibiotics, but I don't do drugs. I just never did. Yeah, that's some wow. I hope Max survives the rest of this interview. Uh, no, but you, I'm just curious. Do you know what it is? Like, I, obviously, you. I grew up in a weird environment. I grew up in a in a weird setting. My parents were pretty out there, you know, and grew up half of our lives in a van, going all over the place, and in Hawaii, uh, Hawaii and California, okay. and Japan. Yeah, it's just the way the way it, it went, you know. When uh, ever since I was super young, I like remember. I like distinctly remember hearing Velvet Underground and being like, I want to try heroin. (laughs) Oh, you heard the song heroin. Yeah. And I was like distinctly like, I I think I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. Like really young being like, Oh, I want to try this drug. You know what I mean? And, and back in Hawaii, uh, we didn't really like when I was going, uh, living, growing up there right now, there's a bunch of heroin, but Back then, they, there wasn't any, um, or hardly any. How old were you when you heard this Velvet Underground song and thought? I, I was young. I was young, like twelve or thirteen. Twelve or thirteen. Like they, they, that felt romantic to you. Yeah, because I think I grew up with a with a uh, darkness around me. You know what I mean? Like uh, weird situations, weird life stuff. You sing about um, your parents on yeah. occasion. You on the new record? There's a line where you say, you know, 
blame my mom and dad for every girl I never had or yeah, something along yeah. those lines. And I, I'm like, Oh shit, man, that's heavy. Like that's, it's kind of in a, that song is weird by the way. It's sort of a joke <laughs> and I can, it's very intense. If you, I was looking, I have it's a musical some, speedball. It, it's in, <laughs> it's an intense set of lyrics I have to say, but it's packaged in this kind of fun pop thing. And I, but I'm like, oh, geez, like that's a heavy thing to say. Right. Um, you've got some issues with your parents. I think the older I get, the better it is. Are you get? Do you get along now? I get along now. Okay. You know, and I think like growing up, it was really weird and weird. It was just weird, bro. Like Hawaii's weird, dude. I've never been to Hawaii, but it sounds weird. It's uh, weird. Just based on your description of it, because you said weird like five times. Yeah. I, I have to take your word for it. Yeah. Should I go there? Should I visit it? Should I visit? You'd be fine. I'd be okay. Yeah, you'd be fine. Why would I be okay? Because you're brown. Because you've never, oh, never done drugs. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm brown. What does that mean? I'm not, I'm not Hawaiian brown. I know, I? but you you totally pass everybody would think okay. you're Filipino yeah when I went to Mexico they all thought I was Mexican yeah see so I, I'm a weird shade we're of, racially ambiguous this is an audio <laughs> podcast so people can't see it but I look weird I look like no one can figure out who I man. am or what I am okay so that you just you, you have you been to like sorry this is getting a bit deep but I had to go to therapy this year because mm. my mom got sick and uh, and it's it's okay now like she seems okay but it was uh, I just stirred up a lot of shit and the therapy thing is weird because they are like, all right, so you're afraid of your, I was, I got health anxiety. Well, let's go and dig and figure out where that came from. Yeah. Oh, when you were at the dentist, when you were five, right. that's probably where you don't like that. That's why you don't like the dentist. And you're like, ah, shit, I had buried that. Why'd you dig that up? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done anything? Like you've yeah, been to totally. rehab and stuff. Obviously you've had to talk about this stuff. Totally. Totally. Has it helped you? Yeah. Immensely. Okay. And then you write songs sometimes. And then I write songs about them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so there's that's the other side of this. Uh, this is an angry record on some way, on some level. It's a dark record on some level, but you've got a it's got a pop quality to it. The first song, by the way, are you guys Beastie Boys fans at all? <laughs> Max, in particular, yes. just based on the drum beat for yeah. "So What You Want" that you copped, <laughs> yeah. is that a thing you like? Uh, is that do you like the Beastie Boys? And then your delivery on it is a little yeah. kind of in between Yauk and Ad-Rock, I would say. Just I was actually going for Fred Durst, Limp Bizkit, oh, but shit. you know, like, are you big, I, I can are, take Are you Yauk. a fan of the Limp Bizkit? <laughs> I don't like Limp Bizkit. I don't, was that offensive? I'm not a big fan. Whoa, man. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know what? I think we are done. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a, a Beastie Boys thing happening. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, We're absolutely. all massive Beastie Boys fans. Okay. Yeah. It's all right. one thing so, that we all kind of brought brought us together a lot objectively do you feel like the record marks a departure on some level sonically like i feel it i, I imagine some fans are picking up on it already like do you feel that way elvis like does it feel like a like a different kind of statement yeah i, f I feel like it's a i guess i think of it as a step forward you know yeah it's a it's it's definitely different and i think that's that's important to all of us to not make the same record you know over and over you know that would be the safe choice so i think we're trying to get out of our comfort zone but did this external person to the band have any like sway in that yeah yeah i mean i mean not even really necessarily you know musically or stylistically but just as far as like pulling it out of us you know like mm. hearing things that we're doing oh let's work on that thing you know things that we for me, it was like it was musical ideas that I didn't think would even fit with Fiddler uh, on my end, I guess. So like certain, you know, snippets of songs where he he would hear it and, and see potential in it and see how it could cohesively work with with the record. So hmm. in that way, he really kind of helped it and helped write with stuff, too. So it's like, 
you know, take this idea and then let's, let's all write together in a room. And, uh, he really helped us like collaborate. Is there, was there a conscious effort? Like I alluded to this earlier that maybe people view you in a certain way based on your behavior, your past records. Did you feel pigeonholed going into making this record? Like, is this a statement record to be like, cause I think I read something along the lines of like, this record proves that Fiddler can be anything it wants to be. Right. It's not a, confined to any I think we all knew that you knew that I think the four of us knew that I think the outside view of the world they didn't know that because of the press and everything that's been shown about us has been like has pigeonholed us you know what I mean but I think personally between all four of us like we knew we could do that okay meaning like we didn't really put that boundaries on us I guess you mean going into the record? Going into the record. You didn't yeah. go I think it's, the... it was a conscious effort or the decision to try and like make a statement. I think it came naturally in the way that it was just like, we're just going to make whatever we want to make. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, like for me, I guess I think of it um, as a combination of getting to a place where we're, you know, we are more comfortable within ourselves to go, hey, this is what's coming out and this what this is what we're going to put out is just what's coming out of us, yeah. you know? and mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and and also like you know if you if you look at our past catalog, it it actually is pretty, pretty like diverse. You know, it's yeah, not, the records I mean, I mean, are a lot very of dynamic. Stuff, like there's, yeah, there's like I, yeah. I have thought that before. There's a lot of different styles, and even you know just songs that we posted online even before our first record came out. There's there's a lot of we've always had that, and I think like you were saying, alluding to a lot of journalists aren't very good and, and don't, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't and trying to really put down do. my tribe, but yeah. 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 But I mean, but it's true though. I mean, we've been doing a lot of interviews recently, but you know, a lot of people, I don't think like, you know, look at the whole picture and, and under, try to understand, um, the trajectory the, or just the, yeah, yeah, just kind of everything that goes into being a band or even like doing the research of knowing what we have put out or what, that that you know we have had different styles of music before and it's not just it hasn't always been just loud and fast you know yeah no i i, I think that's i think sad. too going kind of like with what elvis was saying and just on the production front like ricky was really good at um like the different ideas that were coming out that maybe seemed different of of like encouraging those ideas rather than being like oh it's a little weird for you guys you know like he kind of like could see something in it that maybe we couldn't or were like insecure well, but Elvis about said, Elvis, or something. Said, Elvis said the same thing. Like the fact that there was even any thought that this maybe isn't for Fiddler is fascinating to me because talking to you guys and hearing the way and reading interviews with you, like you seem very open-ended, like open-ended listeners and open-ended musicians. So the notion that you even had an inkling, like, I don't know if this is for us yeah. is striking to me. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, that might be me, personally too i mean i was just maybe like you know in my head a little scared to do that or something so yeah. it was kind of like pushing through that like fuck it you know well, let's the, just the second second records to, to tend to like have a effect on people right like, you guys like it's just the the, the the idea of like what are we going to do a different kind of record like just you've had your entire life to write the first record and then you have this a lot amount of time to write the second record yeah. and i'm sure that kind of played into maybe some of the like questioning right like with like, is this a Fiddler song? Like, what kind of songs are it or whatever? Like, I felt that was more of a thing on the second record. And then this one, it was kind of more free. Yeah. I always find the second batch of songs you write as a band is 
maybe the best. It's just weird. It's yeah. <laughs> not the best, but it's like, oh, oh thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't mean it that way. I just mean you kind of figure yourselves out a yeah. bit better. But but I guess I mean for me and probably I think for us uh, as a whole, it's like second record was a little more like you just you just get to this you know you reach this point where you've toured a bunch and it's like all right make the second one and then you and then there kind of is this pressure to deliver to the world what you something similar to what you've already put yeah, out yeah 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 because you think yeah. in, in your head you're like okay well this is what people expect and we kind of have to like you want to make people happy and then this record it was more about you know just letting go of that a little bit i think well like i said it's a fantastic record i know you guys got to eat you got a show to play i don't want to keep you much longer you've already given me more than enough time i'm just a shitty music journalist for crying <laughs> out loud but uh just one of those music bef- journalists but before we go uh you know the record's done it's been done i guess only a few months do you have a sense of what's next for your band in terms of making have you written new songs what's going i know you got tour dates probably coming up we're gonna do a record a musical called fiddler on the roof we're actually doing it it's going to be a rendition of fiddler on the roof but it's going to be based on modern times is is this a running joke that i'm just catching up on is that i mean i I guess you'll have to wait and see (laughs) (laughs) we uh Okay. You know, our band started as a joke, so you never know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you have a concept record in mind uh, that might be related to the uh, famous. No. Okay. So you nothing. The, nothing. the answer we, is nothing. We, we have a lot of <laughs> we have of a lot shows of touring, to play. Yeah. A lot of shows, and you know, I'm I'm hoping we have another record out next year. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, That's just plan. Why, why not? Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. You know you've saying? got you've got songs. You have new I've songs. Working on some Park ideas. Here okay. And there. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's always like little bits and pieces. Okay floating around in the ether that's good so if we could play one song from the new record oh I didn't even ask about that almost free what does that mean it's not about death is it sometimes I feel like it is about death it's like we're free but then we're not free because we're almost free and it's just a reflection on oh man, the he's gone of the world. He's gone total right Hawaiian. Now. He just went really Hawaiian on us, guys. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like land of the free, home of the brave, but is it? You know? <laughs> Almost. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. I cracked the code. All right. Glad I asked that final question. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> is there a song we can go out on? Uh, anything you want to uh, pick? Any one of you? Just any song, any? No, no, no. From, from, from the new Fiddler album, <laughs> Almost Free. can't you see? Can't you see? Yeah. Can't you see? Why, the Beastie Boys? No, no, that's Get Off My Rock. <laughs> that's right. Get off my, by the way, Get Off My Rock is an angry thing to say, and I was trying to figure out what it meant, but yeah. No, Do you know so, what it means? I don't exactly. Well, wait a minute. Does it mean? It's Hawaii. It started off as you Get want Off people My to, Block. Right. And it's a you song people, about gentrification. I figured it was so about uh, the island, uh, an island of some kind, and, and you were angry that people are in Hawaii? Yeah. Like, yeah. When, you don't? Do you live there still? It's half of the time. Okay, you yeah. still live there. Okay, so you have a right to say get off the line. Uh, this next song, uh, what, what did you pick again? You picked Can't You See. Can't You See, which I this is like a social media type song. Is that fair to say, Elvis? Sure. We made it to post on social media. <laughs> yeah. It's a song maybe reflecting how people... I think it's reflecting more on Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. specifically. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think... Uh, but isn't Los Angeles the ultimate Instagram city? Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Showing yeah. off shit you have and like... Yeah. And, and it's a, a really hooky, infectious song. 
Reminds me a little bit of like Stone Roses or something. Oh, that's so. That's really funny. Is that, that weird? Because that's, that's what our that's that's what yeah. that's what our our dad said about it. Oh, really? I'm sorry. I'm I am like your dad. I'm like your new dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the fiddler dad. No, it's it was uh yeah he said it and one other person said it and I don't hear it and I don't I don't, I don't know. It's got like a baggy. It's called baggy. I think it's called baggy music. I think or there is like a there might be a song that I haven't heard that would that has. Well, Max I, is. I love the Stone Roses too. Like, yeah. Uh, Max Max has been doing a lot of blow though, so I don't know if he can yeah. really. Hear I also the, thought hear the mix are, that well. are I also up. vaguely thought of uh, Waiting Room by Fugazi. Yeah, so yeah I, I heard that. Somebody said it was a uh, <laughs> um, Ty Seagal and uh, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I thought that was really funny. <laughs> well, it's it's beautiful singing too, if I might say. Like, it just it's a really beautiful song. Okay, brand new music by Fiddler. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on my show. I hope this was somewhat enjoyable, and I wish you the best of luck in all future endeavors, <laughs> and that Toronto works out well for you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Hey, giving, giving him the mic now. He's done. The interview's done. Hey, thanks, all right, Max, guys. you want to have a chat? <laughs>
Thank you very much again to Fiddler for appearing on this, the 455th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on all sorts of other things, too, that I can't even keep track of. It's on Spotify and YouTube and Audio Boom and all sorts of things. If you can't find a particular episode that you've heard about and you're looking for it on any of those platforms, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at cfru.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation and keep this podcast going. I'd like to thank uh, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support of this show. Thank you also to my dear friend Jim Guthrie, who lends me a song every week on this program. It's called The Rest Is Yet to Come. It's the instrumental version of that song. And you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you. Thank you for listening to this show and, uh, and, and you know, subscribing to it and telling your friends about it and, and spreading the word. It helps. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're new to the show, welcome. There's obviously 454 other episodes, so get cracking. What are you waiting for? Listen to all of them in a row. Binge listen, if that's something people do. Anyway, thank you once again for listening and, and uh, all that stuff, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.